BYU continues to see an uptick in their recruiting as another recruit from out of state lists BYU in his top three. What does it mean for BYU football to have athletes like this naming BYU as a finalist? Let's talk about that on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate you guys being a part of the podcast on a daily basis as we call you guys everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, diving right in on today's show. Some news I saw yesterday, and I should say, I guess, also off the top. Happy Father's Day to all of you out there, whether you're a father yourself, you have a dad, etc., have father figures in your life. Regardless, hope you had a fantastic Father's Day. But uh, as I was kind of doing my thing yesterday, saw pop up on the timeline on Twitter that Plaz Johnson has announced that he has a top three in his recruiting uh, process, and BYU is one of those three finalists. Now, I will freely admit, I was not 100% familiar with who Plaz Johnson was, but as soon as I saw him announce that, I went down the rabbit hole a little bit looking at his film, trying to get some feel for who he is as a player. Uh, he is out of Arizona, out of Scottsdale, Arizona, playing for Chaparral High School down there in the Valley, as they call it, down there near Phoenix. But uh, this is a kid, folks, who I have got to say is a smooth athlete, a smooth operator, if I will. And what I like about him is he shows the ability to be adept on defense, offense, and even in special teams if you watch his huddle highlights. So the first uh, two highlights from his huddle film are special teams plays, kick returns he took back for a touchdown, and both of them looked very very, very smooth. And the thing about this is his film progressed. You just saw play after play. He has, shows the ability to really high point the football on offense, but on defense is not afraid to come up and throw his weight around. And yes, he isn't the biggest guy in the world. They list him at six foot one, 165 pounds. So he's a, he's a lightweight in a little, in a little bit of the sense of the word, but there's nothing that you can't do to pack on some weight once he gets into a weight program at, at the college level. And he has training table, the ability to eat as much as he wants, has all the protein shakes, the built bars that BYU obviously will be uh, supplying him with if he were to pick BYU. But uh, like I said, he surprised, I think, uh, myself and others out there by naming BYU as one of his three finalists. He also named Kansas State and Arizona State as the other two finalists, and this being a kid who is from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. It's my personal gut feeling that whenever a kid from the Valley down there lists A as one of the finalists. I would think he's maybe leaning towards staying home, but uh, Jeff Hansen said this on Cougar Sports Insider. You can't be the top one if you're not in the top three, or you can't be the final uh, team if you're not the finalist. So that's about... That's a positive if you're BYU, excuse me, is that BYU is in the mix here for a guy like Plaz Johnson. Like I said, a very smooth athlete. Uh, I was reading up on some of his stuff from different workouts. He's, he's run somewhere in the mid to, excuse me, low to four, uh, mid four sixes uh, during his high school career at this point. But the thought is that he will continue to uh, increase in his speed ability as he goes in to what will be his senior year this year. He's a part of the 2024 recruiting class, so he'd be signing with BYU either in December or as late as February. 
next year in that recruiting class. But I think this would be a pretty savvy pickup if people if BYU can win uh, Plaz Johnson's uh, signature. Now, I don't know if he has plans to visit BYU officially at any point uh, here in the next little bit. Uh, it being so late in the month of June right now, when essentially the month of July is locked down for visits to uh, campuses, I would assume that his official visit period will probably come during his senior season or afterwards uh, during December slash early January. But nonetheless, you like I said, you can't be in the top three. Uh, you can't be the top one, as Jeff says, without being in the top three. So I, I really think this would be a savvy pickup for BYU. I would say that his ability to play on both sides of the football and contribute in the return game is a big selling point as to why BYU wants him. If, if they, regardless if they have plans to play him on defense, then the plans to play him on offense, I'd bring him in as I think they're going to and make him an athlete. Uh, recruiting was an ATH, as they say, on the recruiting boards out there. Bring him in, see where he works best, and then uh, kind of insert him into the lineup and see how he thrives at those positions. And the thing about it is, if he doesn't necessarily take to the position you originally uh, designate for him, there's no reason to think that he can't move over to another position, position Excuse me, across the ball. Let's say he starts out as a defensive back, maybe as a corner for BYU. There's no reason if that's not working out for him that he can't flip over and go join Fessy Satake's group and play wide receiver for BYU. I think the biggest thing is also is he has the special team's ability as a return man. I'm sure a guy like Kelly Papinga is absolutely enthralled with and would love nothing more to have a guy like that on his uh, roster to use as a return candidate in his uh, special team's ability. So I think this is a, a, a positive sign because I don't think a guy like Plaz Johnson necessarily I, that I'm aware of has a unique connection to BYU, whether it's via the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has a family member that played at BYU, etc. I think this may just be simply good old recruiting for BYU. And like I said, I could be wrong on that, but this screams to me that BYU is throwing their weight around as a Power 5 program out there when they're going out and recruiting. They know that they are no longer at a disadvantage when it comes to other programs saying, well, you can come play Power 5 football here you won't necessarily be able to play it there when they're speaking of BYU. BYU's Power 5 folks, and they need to continue to uh, announce that to the world. Get out and recruit as many of these young men as you possibly can and, and sell the fact that, hey, yes, for years and years and years, we have been trying to play a Power 5 adjacent schedule. That's what the term I like to use. But now we actually are. We are a Power 5 program. That's the thing about this is BYU can go out and sell that hardcore. And the nice part is, the other selling point alongside that, is you can, speaking of a guy like Plas Johnson or any other one, one of these athletes, you can sell them on the fact that, hey, you can come in and help us build the foundation of what a successful Big 12 program can be. That's got to be a big selling point for a lot of these young men because they want nothing more than to play. And that's the thing about this is BYU has opportunities for guys who have Power 5 talent to come in and play right away. Now, Plaz Johnson is a mid-three-star prospect according to 24-7 Sports, but that kind of fits right in the wheelhouse with what BYU's tried to do. They bring in guys like a Plaz Johnson, who may not necessarily have the height, weight, speed combo that you're looking for right now, but they're projecting down the road, and they believe that he's going to maybe grow to, what, 6'1", 200 pounds, maybe 190 pounds, and keep all that speed he's got, and maybe he can get a little bit faster. That's an elite athlete at that point, three or four years down the line, and can be a starting cornerback or a standout wide receiver for BYU, in addition 
to his return ability on special teams. So I think this is a very positive sign that BYU is just going out there and trying to sell themselves as much as possible. And it's got to worry some programs out there. I would admit that BYU for so many years has had some unique disadvantages as being an independent program and not having that Power 5 label next to their name. Well, there got to be programs out there thinking, crap, now BYU's got that Power 5 label. What are we going to have to really uh, dig on them about moving forward? Obviously, there will always be things like the honor code and different things that they'll be using negative recruiting against BYU, but no longer can the, well, the Cougars just simply aren't Power 5 football. You, you can come play Power 5 football for us, son. That type of stuff, that's out the window now. BYU has that in their back pocket, and they are using it using it to great effect as they should. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, I read a thing from 24-7 Sports as well. Uh, this came uh, to my attention late last week, and I figured I'd talk about it today, about a freshman coming to BYU. They think is going to be an impact per freshman. They say he's one of the 100 freshmen who are going to impact the upcoming college football season. He's BYU's entrant into this article. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a minute. Now, first a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Baseball season in full, is in full swing, my friends. There's a better, no better place to get in on all of the action on the diamond than with America's number one sports book, and that is our friends over at FanDuel. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today and get started the best part is FanDuel has got a safe and secure app and they're protecting all your information and your money as well and they also will pay you out immediately. You win your first bet, you want to cash it out, they'll do that. There's no having to hit a reserve amount of money to get paid out. So don't miss it on your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up now. That's FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. want to encourage you guys to get ready for the NBA draft this week. Check out Locked On NBA's mock draft special. It's here and it's bigger than ever. Follow along with the entire first round in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only the Locked On Network can provide. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. i got to say, I am a huge Utah Jazz fan. I know I'm not supposed to say that because I'm a media member, quote-unquote. The best part about this is I I love the fact that the Jazz have multiple um, picks in this year's draft. And trust me, I'm getting as much intel as I can get, and I'll be checking out that Locked On Mock Draft special to see uh, who David Locke, uh, who, of course, uh, hosts Locked On Jazz, is projecting for the Jazz at 9, 16, and 28. Maybe even a trade in the mix there as well. All right. On to some other news here on the BYU front. Let's talk a little bit about a new article. They're calling it The Next Wave, and it was an article done on 247sports.com. The 2023 impact freshmen, the 100 freshmen who will impact the 2023 season the most. Now, as I uh, saw the headline for this, I was like, okay, who could they be thinking for BYU on this? Because essentially they they gave every uh, Power 5 program at least, and there were some G5 programs that also got this, that got players inserted into this list. And I was thinking about this. Okay, who could they pick for BYU? And my thought, I'm not going to lie, was Jackson Bowers, a tight end, four-star prospect coming from Arizona. Very highly thought of. Their BYU coaches have said on the record, they think he's got the size and speed to be an impact freshman in his own right. But there was a guy that came on the list that I probably should have thought of, but I did not because I'm not going to lie, he's kind of fallen off my radar, but he probably shouldn't have. And that is Ciale Acera from Timpview High School. Now, Ciale Acera is one of the big recruiting wins for BYU this past year. He's listed as a linebacker at BYU, but he could play on the edge at defensive end. I think he'll play a hybrid role for BYU. But this is what 24-7 Sports writes. 
He is the type of impact player the Cougars need as they transition to the Big 12. Esera did not enroll early, but local product from Timview, uh, Provo Timview High School was at a ton of practices this spring. The 6'3", 250-pounder is expected to compete for immediate playing time off the edge, unquote. Uh, I think this is actually a, a great point uh, made by 24-7 sports. Jackson Bowers is going to come in and obviously have a role for BYU's offense, but he's got guys like Isaac Grex in front of him and a guy like Ethan Erickson, etc., Mason Wake. There's a, there's a number of bodies at the tight end position that figure to probably uh, compete for that playing time alongside a guy like Jackson Bowers. But as uh, bad as BYU's defense was a year ago, they need an influx of talent on their pass rush. I think a lot of people have pegged hopes on a breakout year for a guy like Tyler Batty, and I think that wouldn't necessarily be a bad bet. I think a lot of people have also thought that Isaiah Banya, who could come in from Boise State and be that impact guy off the edge, but why couldn't Siale Acera come in and immediately compete for playing time for BYU, a defensive end, or maybe even an outside linebacker who blitzes often in BYU's defense? I, I think this is a solid pick by 24-7 Sports, because Acera is a guy who's got an ability to get after the quarterback, and he comes similarly packaged like a guy like Jackson Bowers. He's got a college body already. We just talked about a guy in Plaza Johnson who I think is probably going to have to pack on 20, 30 pounds before he's able to really be an impact guy in my mind at the Power 5 level. Sally Acera at 6'3", 250 pounds, is already college-built and college-ready. That's the thing about this. He showed so many flashes of ability off the edge and also just playing that uh, linebacker role for Timview a year ago that I think this is a solid, solid assessment from 24-7 sports. And I, I frankly feel ashamed that I didn't even think of a Sally Acera. I had like three or four names that popped into my mind, and Acera was not one of them. And But to their point, Acera has got the ability to come in and make an impact because BYU's defense is in full flux mode right now. They installed a new defense during spring, and a lot of guys are trying to learn new positions and try and establish themselves in the pecking order, make Jay Hill and the rest of his assistant coaches underneath him think that they are capable of competing and playing for BYU. But at the same time, you got to be thinking about a freshman like Ciala Acera is coming in and saying, okay, okay, I saw the defense a year ago. I picked this program because I think I can play as a freshman. I can be the guy who is making an impact right away for BYU, and I think that he should be thinking that because BYU's defense, we all know it, it was not good enough a year ago, and there are obviously, I think, going to be improvements made this season. It's not going to be a finished product by any means, but I would imagine that BYU's defense competes, at least at minimum, far better than they did at certain points a year ago. Uh, that's the thing about this is BYU's defense at times last season looked completely lost, and at points looked like they had given up. Jay Hill will not allow this with this defense. And any of these players who think that about maybe eventually uh, waving the white flag, you know what? Jay Hill will bench them. He will play guys like Isela Acera over guys who may um, decide to mail it in. That's the one thing about this. BYU has made a real big impact in terms of just going in and looking at the defense, finding what guys want to compete right away and giving them the opportunity to do so. During spring ball, a number of freshmen and uh, uh, young players that maybe would have been uh, behind more established players under the previous regime were getting the majority of the time. Now, some of that was obviously due to injuries to some of those more established players, but those established players have been put on notice by some of the performances by those young players in spring ball that they're going to be able to they're gonna have to come in and earn their keep once again during fall camp. A guy like Ciala Acera should not feel bad for not enrolling early at BYU, I don't think. He's going to come in. He's probably uh, either enrolling soon or if not enrolling during the summer term for BYU coming up uh, later this month. Actually, it might be this week. Uh, I think summer term might be beginning 
And he should be thinking, I've got as good of an opportunity as anybody else on that defense for playing time this fall, even though I was not out there on the field. As they mentioned, he was in a number of practices this spring, taking it all in, probably standing next to the coaching staff, getting a feel for what the defense, the overall philosophy, the terminology, that type of stuff is. And he should be able to hit the ground running for BYU. So I look forward to seeing what a guy like Ciali Acera can do. And they've got him listed here. They said that he's one of the 100 freshmen who are going to impact the 2023 season the most. And I think that's a solid assessment by 24-7 Sports. And they they threw me for a loop because I think the low-hanging fruit would have been to pick a guy like Jackson Bowers. But I think it was a solid pick by them uh, to go out there. They say and these true freshmen, 100 of them, are set to shake up 2023's college football season and introduce themselves as the next wave of stars. If Ciala Sarah is as good as some project him to be, he could be the next great hybrid player in this defense that Jay Hill is installing at BYU. Think of some of the hybrid players that have been uh, coming through BYU, Utah, and Weber State of yesteryear, and they think Ciala Acera can be the next one of those guys. I look at a guy like Ciala Acera and see a guy who could end up maybe being like a Trevor Riley type. And I know that Trevor played for the University of Utah, but he was a phenomenal player. Could play, drop into coverage, come up and play the run, rush the passer equally well. And that's what a guy like Ciala Acera projects for me is that ability to just be a multifaceted player. And if he is as good as advertised, there's no reason to think that BYU would not benefit from him potentially being that guy who can come in and make an impact right away for the Cougars. We'll see what happens. It's not a guarantee that he's absolutely going to be that, but on paper at least, it looks like he should have an uh, an ability to make an impact for BYU's defense this year, and that would be a positive sign for them if they get that type of a a performance from that young man. So uh, I thought it was a pretty good article from 24-7 Sports, and I thought I would uh, give a little bit of a shout-out to Ciala Acera as part of today's podcast. All right, finishing up today's show, we'll get to that next. Uh, We do need to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, with BYU and two players who, uh, former players, I should say, are getting cracks at the professional level, albeit not in the NFL. Where did they get picked up? Where are they going to be playing this next season? We'll talk about that. We'll also finish up the 2017 season mercifully as we t- continue our look back at all of 155 games of BYU's independent era. That's all coming up here in just a moment. Now, first a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. They've been working with us for a few months now. The best part is if you're looking for your first home or ready to upgrade to your dream home or anything in between, Perry Homes has as a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They got many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs, my friends. The best part is they got beautiful communities located in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties along the Wasatch Front. That's where you want to live, or multiple communities down in Washington County near St. George. If you want to get down to the southern end of the state, they have quick move-in homes available right now if you're ready to make the move right away. And also, they are offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender as well. So get started today and visit Perry Homes, Utah to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Uh, quick reminder for you guys, if you have not done so already, uh, please enter our giveaway for this uh, cool football. I'm actually pulling it up right now. I had to dig for it a little bit underneath my desk here. Uh, that is a Jaron Hall signed football, if I can get the, the camera lighting to go right. And, you know, nonetheless, it's a Jaron, Hines, Jaron Hall signed football. And the way to enter to win that is essentially uh, tell us that you are subscribed to the show. You're an everydayer with us here, or if you're just new to the show, let us know. Uh, send us an email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. 
Say, show us uh, evidence you are subscribed, whether it's on YouTube or the various podcast providers out there. You'll be entered to win. That's the grand prize is that Jaron Hall signed football. We've got some other swag I'm going to give away. Uh, the goal, simply put, is just to get as many subscribers during the summer months as we possibly can ahead of a big season for BYU Ahead. My uh, audacious, crazy goal is to get to 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, we're north of 3,000 right now, so it's a pretty audacious goal for the next couple of months, but I believe we can get there. So if you guys have family or friends that maybe have uh, interest in BYU sports and want a daily podcast and keep them apprised of everything going on in BYU sports, hey, I'd love nothing more than for you guys to share it with them and tell them to enter. I would love nothing more to have as many people entered to win uh, this BYU swag. I've got that Jaron Hall signed football. I've got some other BYU swag and we've given away. We'll do that giveaway probably during uh, during like fall camp for BYU uh, coming up in August. But like I said, uh, the goal is to get as many people subscribed to the show and build this audience out to even more than it already is. There's thousands of you who check out this show on a daily basis very the very, via the various podcast uh, providers and YouTube out there. But Love nothing more than to double, triple, quadruple, I don't know, make it make it as big as Lavelle Edwards Stadium's hold. I'd love nothing more than to have 63,000 people watching this show on a daily basis. But uh, that's probably a goal that's a little bit off uh, down the road a little bit. But with your guys' help, we can do just that. But that, that football and other BYU swag, I've got polos, socks. I, I've got all kinds of stuff I'm looking to give away. and love nothing more than to reward you guys. And like the way to do it, once again, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, show us that you're subscribed. Uh, whichever channels you listen to it on, whether it's regular on iTunes, listen to it on Spotify, you watch it on YouTube, just let us know how you're watching it. We'll get you entered to win, and we'll do that giveaway uh, coming up later this summer. All right, uh, final notes before we go on today's show is a look at uh, BYU. Two former BYU football players are going to get their crack at pro football with the XFL. Uh, They had their rookie draft over the weekend. And uh, former BYU linebacker Peyton Wilgar and uh, former BYU defensive lineman Lorenzo Fawatea have both been drafted in that draft by the XFL. Uh, just it was like it was like eight rounds. Uh, Wilgar was drafted to the Seattle Sea Dragons. Obviously, he'll be looking to make a bigger impression uh, during his pro career than his uh, Cougar career ended in terms of uh, some controversy with his wife and some of the social media posts and that type of stuff. But the thing about this, when Peyton Wilgar was healthy and on the field for BYU, he was a very very productive football player, and the hope is he can get back to that level and show it at the professional level in the XFL. Uh, Zoe had a similar type situation. When he was healthy, he was a very, very capable defensive lineman for BYU. The biggest thing is just his health. He's been injured uh, so many times during his season at BYU, uh, during his seasons, I should say, at BYU, but the hope is that Zoe can get his opportunity uh, to stay healthy and show what he can do in the NFL. Uh, He did say, I just need one team to believe in me uh, in the lead-up to this draft. He has been drafted uh, by the Las Vegas, uh, was it Las Vegas he was drafted by? Yeah, it was Las Vegas uh, he was drafted by. Uh, so congratulations to both of them getting their opportunity uh, in the XFL, and we'll see what happens uh, with them. We'll track them, obviously, with our other former Cougars and the pros. And XFL, USFL, NFL, so many options for pro football at this point, but hopefully all of them have success as they move forward here. All right, final note before we go on today's show is a look back at the final game of the 2017 season. Now, after this game concluded, uh, there was a wholesale change made in BYU's offensive staff, BYU celebrated their pseudo-bowl game by taking the entirety of uh, BYU football with them, wives, kids, uh, everybody 
made the trip to Hawaii as BYU was taking on the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors out there in a little bit of a pillow fight, I'm not going to lie. BYU was 3-9 and nine going into this game. The Rainbow Warriors were 3-8, and eight, and neither team was going bowling, but they were finishing up their seasons out there in the islands on uh, it was November 25th, 2017, when they played this game. But Squally Canada was the star of the night, it felt like, for BYU. 17 carries, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. BYU went on to win the game 30-20 to 20 over the Rainbow Warriors. Uh, Joe Critchlow started once again for BYU, uh, finishing 14 of 23 for 166 yards and one touchdown. But the thing about this was, uh, as soon as BYU landed back in Provo, almost immediately... Kalani Sitake made wholesale changes on his offensive staff. Out went Ty Detmer, and with him, the entirety of BYU's offensive staff. That included Ben Cahoon, uh, Mike Empey. There were a number of names that uh, us and the media had gotten to know fairly well that were let go in that uh, change, but uh, Kalani Sitake had said it earlier on in the season, I know what I need to do. I need to make a change, and that was to change out the offensive staff. Now, uh, I will just talk about this just for a minute. As the offseason progressed after that 2017 season, there was so much talk about who the new ex- new offensive coordinator was going to be. What's B- what's Kalani Satake going to do? Is he on the hot seat himself? Is that why he's making the change? And there were plenty of those conversations. We had him in sports radio, of course, that, which I do on a daily basis in my day job. But the, the conversations kind of were like, okay, who could Kalani Satake realistically get to come in and revamp BYU's offense? Well, little did we know that, ju- that the, the thing about the BYU uh hierarchy was that they let Kalani Sitake at finally and I, I mean finally because he was he had Ty Detmer imposed upon him by BYU's athletic department I, I don't care if you think I'm completely full you know what when I say that but it was true Kalani Sitake was told Ty Detmer is going to be your offensive coordinator Kalani was not given the the ability as a first-time head coach to bring in his own guy as his offensive coordinator he was not about to have that same thing happen he said I'm if I'm going to go down with the ship if I'm going to have my job on the line after maybe the worst season in 50 years for BYU football I am going to go out and find a guy I think can help me right the ship and he found that guy and Jeff Grimes. Jeff Grimes had been a career offensive line coach and spent time at BYU under Bronco Mendenhall, but he was looking to take the next step as, a, as an offensive coordinator in his own right. He wanted to make the next step in his career and show what he's capable of doing. There was also another solid hire made alongside that, and that's current offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. He was brought in as BYU's passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach uh, during that time. But as Jeff Grimes went about building his offensive staff it, during that offseason, you could tell that there were some very unorthodox hires. But the thing about that was, we all know that looking back at it now all these years later, it was a very, very tenuous time for a guy like Kalani Satake. There were other things about his uh, some of his other staffers that had not worked out, and they were uh, summarily let go as well. There was just a lot of flux going on during this offseason coming from 2017 into 2018. And was it going to be perfect right away for BYU in 2018? Like, no, it wasn't. Because we'll talk about the 2018 season starting tomorrow. But there were positive signs each of the next two seasons, speaking of 2018 and 2019, and then obviously the big payoff in 2020, which we'll talk about uh, here in just a few weeks' time probably uh, by the time we get to it. But nonetheless, it was a crazy crazy time. There were so many things going on, so many moving parts with the BYU football program, but it was all a casualty of a 4-9 and nine season that BYU finished with. Obviously, finishing with a win and going to paradise and spending time with your family and friends in late November out on the islands, it's not a bad way uh, to finish out the season, but BYU most importantly got that win to finish the season on a positive note, but then it led to a big, big change once again for BYU in that football staff, but Kalani Satake 
I'll, I'll tell you straight up. This was, speaking of Jeff Grimes' hire, it was his hire because uh, none other than Tom Homo, and I was standing right there when it happened. Uh, I was there with David James and Patrick Kinahan, who I work with on a daily basis, and we were walking out of that press conference after Jeff Grimes had been hired. We were over at the stadium uh, listening to him talk about his philosophy, what he wanted to do, why he'd come back to BYU, all that different stuff. As we walked out of that meeting, I was talking with DJ and PK about some of our business with regards to our show on the KSL Sports Zone at that point, and uh, Tom Homo came essentially sought us out, and he said, guys, this is Kalani's hire. This is his hire. He was making it very clear that if it didn't work out this time, it was not that it was imposed upon Kalani Sitake to hire a guy like Jeff Grimes like it had been with Ty Detmer. It was going to be sink or swim time for Kalani Sitake, Jeff Grimes, and the rest of the crew with the BYU football program. And we'll talk about how things progressed beginning in 2018 uh, coming up on tomorrow's show. So there you go. You guys are caught up on everything uh, that I could think of for a Monday edition of the podcast. So a big thank you once again for you guys' support of the podcast as always. Hope you guys are all having a fantastic Monday whenever you hear this. And until tomorrow, thank you once again for being uh, making us your first listen today. And thank you to all of you for being everydayers with us right here on Locked on Cougars. See ya.